listen. Just listen. I'm Miles Pulaski, and you're listening to Second Story Podcast. Second Story is a hybrid performance series of stories, wine, and music, a collaboration among writers, actors, musicians, and others to create good stories and good times. The stories are written by the performers themselves, sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, always thought-provoking. And now, Second Story storyteller, Sarah Zamatis. So tiny, so sweet. Oh, that little face, those little hands. We need to have him baptized. I pounced on Scott. Um, what are you talking about? My sleepy husband asked blurrily. The summer sunlight streamed in through our window as we were lying in bed with our firstborn child, Leo, just weeks after his birth. As I admired his delicate features, I was suddenly overcome by this need to have him baptized. And not just a one-off ceremony where we went to any old church and never spoke of it again. I wanted my new family to belong to a church. The combination of Leo's innocent fragility and my surge of post-pregnancy hormones had put me in a state of near panic. I just uh, feel like he needs to be part of a community that shares our common beliefs. And what beliefs would those be, Sarah? Interesting question. I wasn't sure of the answer. So we began to negotiate the terms by which we would begin our church search. Lutheran or Catholic, Scott asked. Legitimate question. I figured we'd try out both and then just see what works for us. Why are we doing this? I I just want it to be part of a routine, you know, where we set aside time every week as a family and to honor God. Do we have to go every week? I don't want to go every week. Okay, let's agree to two Sundays a month, and on the remaining ones, we'll do a family activity that's spiritually based, like a nature hike. Now, I I wasn't looking for your average sit-in-the-pew-and-follow-the-rules kind of church. I was raised Catholic, with the capital C. My mother and father took us to church every Sunday without fail, and, and I wanted that structure for my family but I was hoping to sidestep the typical Catholic experience that we all either lived through or read about in the papers. I believe there is spirituality inside of religion that often gets lost in all of the rules and regulations. I first learned this from the ultimate guru, Gary Giambi. He taught the meditation class at my Catholic high school, and he was quite a character with his shirt half untucked and balding hair carelessly tossled. He wore Birkenstock sandals 365 days a year. And he would hunch over in excitement with his fingers bouncing to help channel his own exhilaration. He or she or it is in every sunrise and sunset, every skyscraper and sidewalk crack, every person big and small. Through him, I was able to see the beauty inside the teachings, behind the words, and it took my faith from a very presentational every Sunday experience with my parents to a personal, internal journey, and this served me well. Until now. Now, I had to account for my child's needs. I wanted him to experience the beauty of belief, but I didn't want him to blindly believe every word. But he needed to have a belief system before he could question it, right? I mean, I just wanted him to be part of a spiritual community that could offer him more viewpoints than just ours. So, the first Sunday, we went as a family to our neighborhood Catholic church. 
We were all dressed in our Sunday best, the perfect picture of a prayerful family. The Catholic Church's immense scale was as alluring as I remembered it. The building itself spoke of an everlasting presence. As the Mass progressed, though, I, I noticed how joyless this church was. The parishioners, all nearing life's finish line, kind of seemed to be there. Yeah, right? They seemed to be there out of some kind of obligation, like, like they were cramming for the final. It was a dark catacomb, and the pews were sparsely dotted with a congregation of cadavers. And just as we began to settle in for the homily, Leo began to cry. We shushed and swayed him, but he was inconsolable. The parishioner's stares were growing hostile. Normally, I would have been feeding him at this time, but I was sure that burying my breast in this sacred spot would be frowned upon. So Scott took him outside, and I was left to evaluate for myself the Church of St. Sourpuss. On the plus side, I enjoyed the music. The cantor sang all the greatest hits of the Catholic songbook. As for the priest, well, he acted like a judge, sitting on the bench, ready to hand out our sentence. Finally, as the mass ended and we were going in peace to serve the Lord, I dipped my hand in the holy water at the exit. As I reached up to make the sign of the cross, crash, clang, ring, ring, ring. Seriously, the entire font of holy water came crashing down, soaking myself and all the people around me. I had no words. I hightailed it out of there. In the parking lot, Scott sized up my soaked skirt and said, Wow, what happened to you? I thought Leo was the one we were looking to baptize. True, but I thought I'd give it a test run, and the water in there, ice cold. So the next Sunday, we suited up again and headed out, ready for a different experience. We went to a storefront Lutheran church just down the street from the cold Catholics. It was a small, bright space with a folding table up front that served as their altar. As I tried to get comfortable in my folding chair, I thought, wow, this place feels a little more transient than transcendent. What do you think they'll use for a baptismal font? The toilet? And well, Leo, he didn't much care for their modern music either. In fact, he began to weep uncontrollably. So I took him into the foyer where it was quieter and I could try to feed him in semi-privacy. While I watched the service through a glass window, I noticed that Scott was holding hands with all the folks around him as they swayed to a John Tesh tune. He caught my eye and gave me the subtle, what in the hell have you signed us up for this time look. As the service ended after almost two hours, yeah, right? They invited us to share fellowship, and hell, I couldn't pass up the donuts. So the pastor approached me and said, thank you for joining us today. And well, well, thank you. Thank you so much for your homily. We call it a sermon here. She smiled and cringed Well, she whispered, your Catholic is showing. The Scott, Scott ushered me out quickly. Let's get out of here before you ladies go out East Coast, West Coast over some religious semantics, okay? I was in over my head. I was feeling like Goldilocks, and now having broken the Catholic font and eaten the Lutherans' donuts, I was ready to give up. I mean, God might come home any minute and see that I really didn't belong in any of his houses. And Scott, being the super supportive partner that he is, he sensed my disappointment. So, are we done with this yet? <laughs> we won't always be here to hold Leo's hand. My faith has guided me through some pretty tough times. I just want him to have that touchstone, too. But please, people, where is this freewheeling, open-minded, modern yet traditional church of my dreams? 
Anyone? Anyone? No. Hmm. <laughs> Roger that. <laughs> the next week, Leo and I were outside enjoying the summer sun when our neighbor Mary came outside to tend her yard in her tie-dye t-shirt. After we had exchanged pleasantries, I blurted out, Do you go to church? I, I mean, one you actually enjoy? Now, this was a risky move since I didn't even know if she and her partner were even religious. Um, yeah. We go to St. Nick's over in Evanston. Why do you ask? Well, we're just shopping around looking for something different. Hmm. Catholic church that loves their lesbians. Yeah, it's pretty different. You should come check it out sometime. Okay, there we are. We had it. Contender number three. The next Sunday, we headed out to give religion another try. From the outside, it looked like every other Catholic church I knew. Big red brick structure with some statues of saints dotting the courtyard. But when I walked inside, I was shocked. It was bright. They actually let sunlight in this place. The pews were arranged in a circle all around the altar, which gave me a chance to study the members. The church was almost entirely full, and the variety of faces was amazing. Old, young, family, singles, black, white, yellow, gray, they were all here, together. And they were all smiling. Even Scott sensed the shift. What do you think they put in the holy water here? Then the 40-plus member choir stood, and everyone belted out a rousing version of one of my classic favorites. The priest processed throughout the church, surrounded by his posse of lectors and altar boys and liturgical dancers. Yes! Dancers leaping for the Lord! Trust me, it was really joyful and sincere in the moment. As his homily began, I noticed there was something special about this priest, too. His appearance was everything I had expected, right? The gray head of hair, the robe, but there was something welcoming and familiar about him. He hunched over in excitement with his fingers bouncing to help channel his own exhilaration. Rejoice! This is the day the Lord has made. We must rejoice in the now and be present to his gifts for they are constantly surrounding us. He was so convicted to his message and so was I. Yes, God does want us to be happy and grow and nurture others through our own joy. That's what this church represents. That's what I want for Leo. I want it. I want this. As the homily ended, I had tears of joy dancing in my eyes. And then I noticed Leo. He wasn't only content, but he was smiling and giggling. One of the parishioners had been playing peekaboo with him. So as we walked out, Scott looked at me and said, This is it, huh? Oh, didn't you feel it? Wasn't it magical? They seem like nice people, Sarah. If you're happy, then so am I. With that, we signed up. We were members of a church, our church. Leo's baptism took place on a bitter cold day in February, but the congregation's joy warmed us through and through. Everyone welcomed Leo with smiles, and the church was filled with jubilant singing. This moment was my ideal beginning for Leo's journey. It was everything I could have wished for him. After Leo's full immersion dip in the font, I stepped aside to dry off my naked, wet son. Scott sauntered up, and I could barely speak around the growing lump in my throat. This feels just right. Scott squeezed my hand, leaned in, and whispered, I'm just excited for our family nature hike next Sunday.
That was Sarah Zamatis. If her story gives you ideas for your own second story, we'd love to hear them. Please join us for our ongoing series at Webster's Wine Bar in the Morse Land. Or come to one of our upcoming special events. Visit our website for more details. Second Story Podcast is brought to you by Amanda Delheimer, Megan Steelstra, Shannon Sullivan, Mikhail Fixel, and Nick Kawahara. I am Miles Pulaski. Serendipity is funded in part by the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the Illinois Arts Council, a state agency, the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, City Arts Grants, the Chicago Community Foundation, part of the Chicago Community Trust, the Arts Work Fund, and listeners just like you. To find out more about Second Story, the performances, and our performers, or to make a donation, visit us at secondstory.com. Yeah, you'll get your shot, yeah